0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Shannon Breimer. On the ministry in Reno, reaching out to women working in what's known as the adult entertainment industry.
1: We want to reach all women that are being impacted by the adult entertainment industry, that we would be a safe place all throughout the country where women know like, oh, there's a Scarlet Resource Center that I can go to, where I know that when I am in the club that There's going to be a church lady coming and I can, um, you know, share whatever's on my heart with her. And so, yeah, that's kind of our vision is to reach all women all across the nation with the hope of Jesus.
0: Patrick Herman talks with Shannon Breimer next.
2: It began in Louisville, Kentucky, more than 14 years ago with the mission to share the hope and love of Jesus with women in the adult entertainment industry. The ministry has now expanded to seven locations in the United States. We're talking about the ministry called Scarlet's Hope. And here today, Executive Director for the Reno headquarters, Shannon Brimer. Welcome to his people. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much. It's an honor to be here.
2: Now, I want to hear about how you go about reaching and ministering to these women Uh, that's got to be totally miraculous, I would say. But first, let's chat about what you're doing with Scarlet's Hope, specifically in Reno. Can you give us kind of just an overview?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Scarlet Hope Reno um, is doing outreach in the strip clubs, in the Reno community. And we are in the hopes of branching off into um, doing outreach as well to the brothels in the surrounding areas of the Northern Nevada area and uh, we also have a resource center for women that are in the adult entertainment industry and just want a place where they can have safe community and a place where they won't feel judged a place where they can bring their kiddos and that we can just love on them and um, just kind of walk alongside in their life in whatever way they um, see fit or need
2: show them support Exactly. Yeah, all right. That's the number one thing. Now, I would imagine you said that you are ministering to the women that work in the strip clubs. And I would imagine Mm the owners of those strip clubs don't want you to speak to their girls. They don't want them thinking about maybe going to a different type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yet, I would say most of the strip clubs here in Reno, I, I think all but one, are allowing you to go in and chat with the ladies. How come? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the grace of God, um, number one, but we, they actually really love us. And we so when we go in there, we um, are definitely there to minister to the women, but we're also there to minister to um, the general management that are there, the ballet, the security, which the DJ, you know, those all tend to be men and um so we're there just as much to share the hope and love of Jesus with them and so when we go you know I think for a lot of the clubs it took years and years for them to realize that we're not weird we're not trying to go in there and convince their ladies to leave because that's not our goal and our goal is not you know go in and do like a sting operation or rescue them quote unquote We're simply there to build relationships with them. So by the grace of God, general management actually really loves us and likes that we go in there and just build relationships with the women and try to be a support to them. Um, Whether like whatever that looks like, whether that's us, you know, helping throw away some trash for them or, you know, just chatting it up, or maybe that does look like praying and just having a deep conversation on how she's doing, what her, work is like, what her family is going through, just any struggles that she's facing, we're there to just kind of support her through it. So they actually really like us.
2: (laughs) You know, I remember chatting with my aunt several years ago and she's been a chef all of her life and she's just exhausted. And I said, why are you a chef and doing this day in, day out? She said, "Uh, you do what you know. And, Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that comment because it stuck with me, but the management, uh, the people that are DJing these things, even the strippers themselves, uh, they do what they know. And so you're looking at them as just regular people, whereas somebody may say, "Oh, that's uh, the, the owner or the manager of that place; that they're the bad guy." But you're saying, mm-hmm. "No, they're loved by Jesus, and we need to minister to them as well." Tell us, give, yeah. us, a, give us a perspective of that.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, everyone's normal is different. And I think that what you grow up with is what becomes normal and most comfortable to you. And so I think that a lot of the women that we do interact with um, have been gone through really hard things in their lives. And I think that the men have gone through really hard things in their lives. I don't think that um, you wake your, as a child that you think, you know what I want to do when I grow up, I really want to be a stripper, or I really want to be the general manager of, um, a strip club, you know, and I think that it takes a lot, you know, a ton of different steps throughout your life to be able to land you there. So, yeah, that's why our heart is for these men as well. They, you know, statistics say that a lot of these men have gone through sexual abuse themselves. And so um that's why our heart is for them as well.
2: Now I hear you guys actually brought cookies to one of the Brothel Guardsmen and and, mm-hmm. and you did a prayer drive. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so um the Lord kind of put it on our hearts um I think around July or whatever to start pursuing expanding into the Brothels that are in the Northern Nevada area and so we kind of just started with um, a prayer drive because that is an extremely heavy, heavy place um, where a lot of darkness takes place. And so we, what that looked like was going to um, the land of one of these brothels and just praying over, we were sitting in our car, you know, outside of the land and just right outside. And me and my volunteers would just pray for 45 minutes to an hour, just that the Lord would be there, that the Lord would claim that land back for himself. And more than that, that he would begin to reach into the hearts of the men and women that are in that place. Because, you know, we can't transform these women. We can't go in there and say, you know, I know better and I know the way. Obviously, we know that Jesus is the way, but that just means sharing his hope and love and trusting the Holy Spirit to do that transformation. And so our starter was that we were like, okay, we've come here and we prayed. Next step, like, let's Engage the man who sits at the gate, yeah. you know? <laughs> so we would drive up and we'd hand them a little bit, a little um plate of cookies or snacks. And they were very taken aback by us, like, oh, what? Okay. And then they would take the food and you know, we would say, you know, is there anything that we can pray for you for? And they were like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, well, life's hard. Like, is there anything can we be praying for your family or anything? And they just were very receptive to us. Um, and I think that it just goes to show how much. Hospi- how the Lord works through hospitality, that just the simplicity of bringing a tray of cookies yeah. would break that barrier and allow them to be a little bit vulnerable with us as to how we could be praying for them.
2: Well, and that's what you said before with hospitality and just helping them if they have kids, yeah, help, help them come over mm-hmm. and we can give you a, a safe place for them. But tell us about that hospitality. What do you do with these ladies to to get them to to listen and put their trust in you and realize that you're, you're not coming to take advantage of them like the world has.
1: Yeah. I think that a lot of the women, you know, there's a lot of transiency that goes through the club. So a lot of the time we're meeting brand new women and they are like, Hey, are you a dancer here? Or are you a house mom? What's going on? Why are you talking to me? Yeah. (laughs) And so we just usually, you know, bring that food and say, like, hey, we just come here um, on a weekly basis to just love on you guys and share the hope and love of Jesus. We just want to build relationships with you.
2: Do they respond to that, or do they oh, do they look yeah. at you and say, oh no, 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 I don't want to have anything to do with you?
1: Totally. So we do every once in a while have a woman or two that want nothing to do with us. They'll figure out who we are. We explain who we are, and they're just very turned off to it and. You know, it's very apparent that they don't want to talk to us anymore. They either walk away or that the conversation just dies. And we really respect that. We don't want to be forcing ourselves on anyone. And so we just kind of turn to another woman that may be interested. But a lot of the women are really receptive to us. They just, you know, we'll explain like who we are. And they're like, that's so sweet. That's, That's crazy that you come in here and just want to hang out with us. Yeah. Um, and they're especially receptive to prayer. And so w- sometimes, you know, the women will ask us specifically, can you pray over, pray over me now?
0: Um, wow. And so
1: it's super beautiful how, you know, receptive they are to us. And I think that that, again, is just a testament to the hand of God being on us and leading the way as we go in there that this is he, his heart is after these women. And we're just responding to you know, this desire that is already in his heart for them. Mm-hmm.
2: So the ministry started 14 years ago in Kentucky. It's gone to how many locations across the country?
1: Yeah. So it actually started 15 years ago. We just had a ah. 15 year anniversary, which is super exciting. Um, and we now have nine locations. Okay. And so those are um, in, let's see, so we have Louisville, Ohio, Reno, Las Vegas, Nashville, Miami, Orlando, Denver, and our most recent, Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Atlanta. Uh, so you know it kind of covers right across the swath, the 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 buckle or the belt of America. So I yeah. I think that that when I saw that on the map, I thought this is pretty good to where people, ladies, can come at least within a region. Drive. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. find they can find help if they need it. Is that part of the vision or is it just kind of wherever a city opens up, you guys are going to jump into it.
1: I think that the vision is to be um, a national organization, not for the sake of being national, but for the sake that we want to reach all women that are being impacted by the adult entertainment industry, that we would be a safe place all throughout the country where women know like, Oh, there's a Scarlets resource center that I can go to where I know that when I am in the clubs that there's going to be a church lady coming and I can um, you know, share whatever's on my heart with her. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of our vision is to reach all women all across the nation with the hope of Jesus.
2: And you guys are totally confidential. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I think you were a little bit worried when I set up this interview. Yeah. You're like, I can't talk about the ladies and I, I wouldn't ever <laughs> dream of you telling me that. But um, but there are some stories, I'm sure, and you are, you're sharing those with us as we go through with this conversation. Is this industry, so strip clubs, brothels, and even... The the management DJs, you were saying, I think even you threw in there, you clumped in there as well on on your website, illegal massage Mm -hmm. places, which parlors. So that happens all across the country. It's not just a, a Nevada thing where we are known for gambling and prostitution. This is across the country.
1: Yeah. So I think what makes, you know, Nevada, specifically Reno and Las Vegas unique is that Well, Nevada is that there's quote unquote legal prostitution in the brothels, but illegal prostitution happens within the city, as the state as well in Nevada, because again, quote unquote, legal prostitution is only legal in the brothels, but illegal prostitution is happening everywhere. In Reno, we we know that, we know that illegal prostitution is happening in Las Vegas and all throughout Nevada and all throughout the U.S. Um, whether that be trafficking, commercial sexual exploitation on the streets or online. And we know that Reno is specifically being impacted by commercial sexual exploitation online, which is why, or I don't know if you wanted to ask about this later, but which is one of the most beautiful things about Scarlet Hope is that we're being able to expand into text outreach, which will expand our outreach, not only in the clubs, not only in the brothels, not only in massage parlors. But to be able to actually reach out to women who are being sold online.
2: Yeah. And I do want to talk to you. About so tell us, what is that text outreach? Yeah. Give, give us an insight of that.
1: Totally. So um, text outreach, we basically have access to this software, this technology that's been created that gives us access to um, basically all of the online ads. For women who are being sold online for sex and this is also for men who are being sold online for sex and children as well um but we specifically you know have our lane and so we stay in our lane sure. and so text outreach gives us the contact information for those women who are being sold and so in that way we're able to reach out to them and say hey this is who we are and we have a resource center here for you if you were ever interested and just kind of start that conversation from there. You know, with the other cities, they've already launched text outreach and they've had a pretty good positive reaction. They also have the negative ones where it's, you know, don't contact me again. But a lot of women have been receptive to this text outreach and, you know, gone to the resource centers. And we um, at other sites, they've been able to help them you know, pursue what they want for their life. And if that means getting out of the industry, then they walk alongside them in that.
2: Or just somebody to talk to. Exactly. Now, So with that text outreach, you don't need to make your way and make connections with the the bouncers and the the management and all of those. You just go straight to the ladies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, you know, you never know um, if that woman um, does have you know, someone that is, has access to her phone, whether that be um, a boyfriend or a pimp or what have you. But our hope is that it gets directly to her and that she, um, you know, desires that communication.
2: Now, earlier in this conversation, you said um, some of the ladies at the strip clubs will say, what are you, like a a house mom? And I, I just made, it made me think, you know, just looking at you, how did you get into this? Did you feel intimidated going into this ministry thinking, what am I doing talking to them? We what do we have in common? I mean, how did you cross that barrier for you, a self-proclaimed house mom, to yeah. to, to working with the uh, ladies of the night, if you want to call them that?
1: Yeah. Um. So they actually do have house moms in the club. So it's called that. It's basically usually an a, like a more elderly woman who comes alongside the dancers. Um. And you know, honestly, the house mom has a job description that I'm not fully aware of, but basically oh. she's just like this person that comes alongside the ladies and helps them, you know, if they need any, anything that they need. So anyway, so that's usually why they think that we are the house mom, but and we're it, not. It
2: sounds like you just like, you're a mother and you're, you're they're living in their house. So that's, it's very innocent, uh, title, isn't it?
1: It is, which I think is strategic, yeah. um, yep. from, you know, I think it's strategic yeah. <laughs> anyways. Um, so all that to say, um, how did I get into this? I yes, I think that it can be intimidating. I think that you know the fear of the unknown can be the most intimidating thing about this type of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you know, if you didn't grow up um, in that type of culture, you know, for me, I never went to a strip club before um, joining Scarlet Hope. And so I think that the unknown is like, where are we going to stand? What are we going to do? What do I say? Um, But I think that that's where the Lord comes in. You know, it doesn't matter about all of those things. You know, obviously we're, you know, focused on safety and those types of things. But just showing up and just being there is what creates receptiveness from these women that like, we're just showing up and we just want to be there. We don't want anything from them. I, I think that they just find a lot of comfort that there's these random two ladies showing up that just want friendship from them. And so I think that that can be very less intimidating and that causes them to want to talk to us. And so I think as far as, you know, what do I have in common with these women? Well, they're a woman and I'm a woman. So we have commonalities there. Um, A lot of these women are young moms with like young children. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not a mom myself, but I have 12 nieces and nephews. So hearing them light up and talk about their two-year-old is like, oh, I get that. I light up talking about my two-year-old niece. And so we can share that commonality. And a lot of the women that are on my outreach team are actually elderly ladies. And I just adore that because um, number one, you know, I feel like they could be doing so many things at eleven, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night, which probably is sleeping, and they choose to um, sacrifice that night of sleeping and driving in the dark so that they can share the light of Jesus with these women. And I think that a lot of the time, and this isn't the case for every woman, woman in there, um, but I think that a lot of the women come from. Families that have endured a lot of hardships and trauma and pain. And so to have someone that resembles a mother to them, to have someone that resembles a grandma is incredibly comforting, yeah. bringing in, you know, homemade cookies and snacks. And I just think that that is one of the reasons why they're so receptive to us is because, you know, most of my team looks like their mom or their grandma. Yeah.
2: Well, you're listening to Pilgrim Radio's His People and today interviewing Shannon Brimer, executive director of the Reno headquarters of a ministry called Scarlet's Hope with a mission to share the hope and love of Jesus with women in the adult entertainment industry. Shannon, let's talk about volunteers and those that you need. I know you're always looking for volunteers. Is that right? Yes,
1: definitely. Always, always. Um, And I know it's a very specific ministry. And so we look for very specific people. Um, But yeah, always looking at our website and our social media to learn more. But we're always looking for people to join through prayer and through participating and then through giving. Um, And participating can look like joining our strip club outreach team can look like joining our brothel outreach team. But it can also look like joining our resource center for when we have events here and gatherings where women come and we do like spa night or craft night, um, movie night. We need women that are in love with the Lord and are grounded in the word and in like scripture and prayer that want to come alongside these women during hours that are not at nighttime because we do our social gatherings during – you know, afternoon, getting closer to the evening, which can be, um, you know, helpful if someone doesn't want to be out at 12 a.m.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love how you say that. These volunteers, they're sharing the light of Jesus with the the women working, women of the night, if you want to call them that, or those that are working in the darkness. So that's mm-hmm. just kind of a, a neat um perspective. These ladies, they, they, they must be vetted through you guys. Um, How can they get involved? Just kind of give us a quick, brief description of that.
1: Yeah, I think that um, our easiest way would just be to visit our website, which is reno.scarlethope.org And you can go to the volunteer tab and that will immediately connect you with me. Um, you'd just fill out an application, pretty simple, pretty easy, and then I'll be able to cl- contact you
2: after that. Well, you know, there's such a drive right now to end sex trafficking. I think, I don't know how, you know, in earnest it started on a national level. I mean, if you go to an In-N-Out Burger, they're going to, they have posters everywhere for right mm-hmm. now for, to end yeah. sex trafficking. But that's really the heart of this ministry, Scarlet Hope, is to to do that, right? Would you say that's their main focus?
1: Um, I would actually say that that's not our main focus. I think we're, you know, we're very much not an anti-trafficking organization. And what that means is that, you know, we're not out there making policies for change. I think that a lot of people assume that that's what we're about. But really, um, we're very hard stance on not being politically involved for the sake of staying in our lane. I think that, um, you know, there's other organizations that are doing that. Um, which I think is great because I personally think that trafficking needs to stop. But for our organization, we're engaging women where they're at without judgment or without this desire to end their job. You know, I think that if we were going in there and um, trying to shut down the place, for sure, management would not want us in there. And so um, we stay in our lane, you know, 30 to 70% of trafficking statistics say 30 to 70% of trafficking happens in the strip club. And if we're trying to shut them down, we're not going to be able to interact with those women that could possibly be being commercially sexually exploited in there. And so our desire is simply to share the hope and love of Jesus with these women that are in the adult entertainment industry. And for those that are being exploited or impacted by it that we would be able to through that relationship walk alongside them in that um, if and whenever that arises but if it doesn't that's okay because we're still there to plant seeds seeds of Jesus in their life because we don't know a lot of the time we don't see the impact of what we're doing I think sometimes we can walk away and feel super discouraged like okay Laura, like what are we doing here but then we know and we take we you know, have faith that Jesus is working through. And even if that means 15 years down the road, they remember the church ladies and how they experienced Jesus through us. That is what we're about because we can't change these women. We can't convince them to leave. And that's not our heart. Our heart is for them to experience Jesus through us and that he would do any transforming work.
2: I love how you call them church ladies, and you look like you're about 25. I'm not sure how old you are, but you're <laughs> I much younger.
1: I, I yeah, I'm 30, but I do. I am the youngest of the group. Say. Now let's, we, <laughs> we, have,
2: we have so much such little time here but in conclusion let's talk about some of those stats that i saw on your website i think they're important to know 85 mm-hmm. percent of the women we're talking about said they were sexually abused as children so that's where they're coming from you kind of alluded to that earlier on in the conversation mm-hmm. but they've had this sordid past and yeah. they are victims of just really the way that they grew up right
1: Yes, absolutely, and you know Scarlet Hope Louisville actually did their own study, and it revealed that almost one hundred percent of the women that they served had been sexually abused as a child, and I think that that is a staggering statistic. You know, these women have gone through such heaviness, and sexual trauma can lead to so many. Hardships. And so when we interact with these women, that that is what we're reminded of. And that's not the case for every single woman, but guaranteed this life is hard. Sin is in the world. Hardships have happened, and something has led them there. Mm-hmm. And so that is why we continue to just try to love on them.
2: Well, and let's bring up the other stat that you have online. It said eighty nine percent of the women in the adult entertainment industry said, they wanted to escape. That's 90%, nearly 90%. I want mm-hmm. to escape. So that is obviously uh, you're being put in a place where God needs his voice or his people, his ambassadors to, yeah. s- to speak his love. Um, but tell me about that, the 90%. Yeah.
1: 89%. Yeah. As you said, said that they would like to escape, but had no other means for survival. And I think that's an important key to that statistic that it's not um, always the case that with these women that it's, you know, we have a world that glorifies so much of that. But I think that a lot of these women are young moms, women who are putting themselves through college, um, women that have gone through such incredible hardships with trauma. And, you know, when you look at the housing market for Reno, and how much it costs to even rent an apartment is insane. You know, it's you have to be like getting paid extremely well to be able to have an apartment, yeah. um, let alone how much food costs these days and gas costs these days. And so I think that that is why that latter half of that statistic is, is so important because a lot of these women do want another option, but have no other way of providing for themselves and their children and yeah. their family. They feel stuck. Yeah. Trapped.
2: Yes. Trapped yep. is a better word. Well, you know, leave us with some understanding. I, I would imagine there's somebody listening in today that's maybe part of this industry or definitely mm-hmm. knows somebody, a family or uh, a friend that is part of this industry. What would you do? What would you encourage them with um, as far as getting help or getting out or, or maybe making that first
0: step?
1: Yeah, I think that number one, I would want them to know that they are dearly loved by Jesus and that we're not here to judge them or to um, be the expert on their lives. But to that, if they are interested in getting out of the industry or pursuing something different for a time being, then that our resource center is here for them if they want that um, and to pursue that. We're right across the street from Costco. (laughs) Um, But yeah, most importantly, that we're not the expert on their life. They have a voice, and we want to empower them to use that voice.
0: Well, Shannon Breimer, thanks for being with us today on His People.
1: Yes, thank you so much. It was an honor.
0: You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Shannon Breimer, Executive Director of Scarlet Hope, Reno. Learn more online at reno.scarlethope.org. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Carlos Whitaker with some unique thoughts on the biblical priorities of loving God and loving people.
2: I mean, I'm just going to leave that to God because I can't do that. There's no strength inside of me that is going to be able to love somebody that feels like they're attacking the very existence and fabric of everything I believed in. And I got good news for you. You don't have to do it. You allow
0: Christ through you to love them. That's tomorrow at the same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.